Hello, and welcome to the C-SPAN in the Classroom podcast. I'm Zach, and I'm joined by my colleagues Craig and Pam. It's that time of year again. Some may say it's the best time of the year. And while this celebration doesn't include turkey and stuffing or patriotic fireworks, we have the opportunity to showcase some fantastic work from some budding student filmmakers. It's student cam season. C-SPAN's offices are energized about the winners of this year's Student Cam Documentary Competition, our 19th annual edition of the contest. Our education team received and viewed over 1,500 documentary entries from nearly 3,000 middle and high school students from across 40 states and Washington, D.C. This year, for the first time in the history of the competition, we placed participants in a position of power asking them to consider which issue they would address first as a newly elected member of Congress. And it's safe to say we were blown away by the entries we received. As you've said throughout this entire judging process, Craig, each student masterfully showcased the fruits of active learning as they wove their personal stories with contemporary public policy issues. Suffice to say, the competition this year was fierce. This year, Parim Shah and Namay Sharma are the grand prize winners. Parim and Namay are students at Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Middle School in Germantown, Maryland. These eighth graders made a strong impression on the judging panel with their documentary titled, Where's My Data? Data Privacy and Its Real-World Impact, about how companies use our personal data and what should be done regarding the issue in the future. The duo will receive $5,000 as our national grand prize winners. When we return, we'll delve into the top five entries we received this year, starting off with our grand prize winners, and we'll highlight portions of each of their winning documentaries. Don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Well, thanks for joining us today, and we're very excited to share some of our top prize-winning entries in the 2023 Student Cam Competition. Zach is newer to the team, with this being his second time judging the competition, but for Pam and I, who've been doing this for well over a decade now, I think it's really fair to say that the work of the students who participate each year just keeps getting better and better. We discuss this regularly with teachers and really anyone who listen, but aside from our own vested interests as judges, the competition truly is one of the best project-based learning experiences for middle and high school-age students and it's a great way for them to develop and showcase their creativity, research, and presentation skills. As Zach noted in the intro, for this year's competition, we asked the students to envision themselves in a position of power as newly elected members of Congress, and to tell us about the issue that they would first seek to address. This year's grand prize winners are Purim Shah and Namay Sharma, eighth graders at Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Middle School in Germantown, Maryland, and they focused on the issue of data privacy as it relates to the digital era of big tech and social media companies. 
Let's listen to a portion of the introduction as Namay sets the scene. In 2018, The Guardian and New York Times revealed that Cambridge Analytica, a political data firm, harvested the Facebook data of 87 million Americans to target political advertisements and influence voters. Cambridge Analytica obtained sensitive data about millions of Americans from Facebook without users' knowledge or consent. Congress then took action in a bipartisan manner, subpoenaing big tech CEOs, drafting legislation, and holding hearings. But no law was passed that would protect our data. There's a massive amount of political tension and gridlock. The breach, however, did expose to the public the vast amount of data big tech collects and the real impact it could have. If I were a new elected member of Congress, my top priority would be to finally ensure that Americans have control over their data, how it's used and who it's given to. So when Pam, Zach and I spoke with Namay and Parim to let them know that they'd won the grand prize, we actually asked them about where their interest in this issue of data privacy had stemmed from. And of course, with all politics being local, as it turned out, both have family members who work in related fields of technology. And it was really interesting to hear them talk about all of the research and how they found each other's strengths in contributing to the storyboarding and the editing of their project, and how they went about setting up some of the interviews with the experts who they spoke to for their documentary. Through their research, they discovered journalists who had written articles online and in newspapers on the subject of data privacy. They also read about proposed congressional legislation that related to the issue, and they researched some of the various organizations actively involved in advocating for improved data privacy laws. So Prim and Namay, they reached out to some of the key people that they discovered through their research to see if they could speak with them. And as it turned out, they landed four excellent interviews with technology reporters from the Washington Post, as well as Vox. They also spoke with a legislative activist from the Electronic Frontier Foundation out in San Francisco, California. And they also spoke with Congresswoman Sarah Jacobs, also from California, who had drafted a bill on data privacy as it relates to consumer protections and medical records. Let's listen to another portion from their documentary, this time of Perim, further establishing their concerns about data privacy. But we can't consider the internet inherently evil. Every day, millions of Americans benefit from it. We're able to communicate with distant relatives, shop remotely, and learn online, all for free. But are these really free services? Corporations like Meta and Google use their numerous platforms with billions of users to collect vast amounts of personal data. We found that they track a user's precise location, messages you send, purchases you make, and a plethora of additional data. And companies can then provide this information to advertisers who show us personalized ads. This would be like someone following you every single day as you walk down the street, watching what you do, where you go, for how long, and with whom you're with. So as the winners of this year's grand prize award, Prim and Namay will share a $5,000 cash prize, and their teacher advisor, James Dempsey, will also receive a $750 cash prize. And we'd like to thank Mr. Dempsey for continuing to encourage his students to participate in Student Cam, as over the years he's had numerous winners from his classes at both Roberto Clemente Middle School in Germantown, Maryland, and he continues to do so now at Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Middle School, also in Germantown. So congratulations again to Mr. Dempsey, to Namay and Parim, as well as all the other student participants from the school. We'll link to their full documentary and all of this year's winners on our featured resources page at cspan.org classroom. Next, we'll travel to Austin, Texas to recognize Carson Collins, a homeschooled student, as first prize winner in the West Division. Carson will receive $3,000 for the documentary entitled A Perilous Purchase, CCP Ownership of U.S. Land which is about land ownership by entities associated with the Chinese Communist Party. 
And what set this film apart from all of the other entries in the High School West division? Carson begins his narrative by setting up the topic with a broad view of the influence of the Chinese Communist Party in different areas of the world. And then he narrows it down into what he wants to focus on. He effectively weaves in a C-SPAN clip of House Speaker Kevin McCarthy addressing this issue on the House floor as he talked about a bipartisan committee that was formed in January 2023. And Carson directly addresses the competition theme by saying, quote, If I were a newly elected member of Congress, my first priority would be to understand, investigate, and address the purchase of land in the United States by the CCP. So it was a strong introduction to his film. He continues by laying out the perspectives that he's going to explore, from the concerns of some elected officials and the American people, to the benefits which scored him points for providing different viewpoints for all of us to learn about this topic. Let's listen as he discusses one side of the issue. First, opposition. Criticism stems from two major concerns. That the Chinese Communist Party is a threat to the United States and should be treated as such, and that the specific circumstances of some of these purchases is at the very least suspicious. First, why should China be considered a unique threat? Well, as Representative Chip Roy explains, the Chinese Communist Party has again and again shown its willingness to act in manners completely contrary to the interest of the American people. What we've been dealing with now for quite a long time with China is their clear hostility to uh, our allies, what they've been doing with Taiwan, their engagement uh, somewhat uh, openly and also duplicitously with respect to Ukraine, uh, numerous uh, environments in which they're clearly acting against our interests with respect to espionage, with respect to stealing intellectual property. These are all ways in which China has been acting against our national security interests and, 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 and are an increasing threat in the region, particularly in the, the, uh, the uh, Asian corridor, but also just globally. Beyond the general concerns of China as an adversary, Chuck DeVore of the Texas Public Policy Foundation explains the concerns over the specific circumstances of some of these purchases. And the challenge with a lot of these more recent purchases is that a lot of these properties are very closely situated to U.S. military installations. Uh, so it gives them a platform to do some espionage, uh, some spying on those U.S. bases. And it also allows for more active measures, and by that I mean uh, potentially jamming or um, taking real-time intelligence uh, during the event of a conflict until we shut it down. Carson conducted quality interviews that offered insight into this sensitive, complex topic, and we learned from U.S.-Texas Republican Representative Chip Roy and Chuck DeVore, Chief National Initiatives Officer with the Texas Public Policy Foundation. He segues into the process that is involved in vetting these transactions, including through the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States, and discusses the parameters of their power. To offer balance in his film, Carson included several related C-SPAN video clips from the House floor and hearings, and his interview with Chris Clayton, a policy editor with The Progressive Farmer, an agricultural magazine. Additionally, foreign investment in the United States is crucial to the American economy. Many Americans rely on such investment, including Chinese investment, for their jobs and their livelihoods. 
6.8 million workers in the United States take home a paycheck from an international company, including 20% of the U.S. manufacturing workforce offering 24% higher compensation than the economy-wide average. And many Chinese land investments are no different. For example, Fufeng Corn Mill, a new plant in Grand Forks, North Dakota, located just 12 miles from Grand Forks Air Force Base, will likely bring significant economic benefit to the area. Chris Clayton, a local reporter, lays out the expected benefits of the new plant. Well, if you are a major agricultural um, company, uh, major agricultural supporter, farmers there would see it as a market opportunity. Livestock producers would see it as an opportunity to uh, to get maybe some cheaper uh, corn feed than uh, they might uh, otherwise. His documentary shows the research he engaged in to learn about this topic, and overall, the content was excellent, his presentation of the information was appealing, and he told an effective story. In his conclusion, Carson offers his own opinion on the issue, which we won't give away, so we encourage you to check it out on our website. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. And next, we'll head down I-95 to the Tar Heel State and into the heart of the research triangle. Teresa Fang, a 10th grader at East Chapel Hill High School in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, will receive $3,000 for her entry, Money Talks, Inside the Inflation Surge. In her documentary that explored the history of inflation and perspectives on how to combat the economic condition, Teresa interviewed Duke University Associate Professor Jeremy Petranka, bookstore owner Jamie Fioco, and the chair of her town's planning commission, John Mitchell. Also appearing in her documentary through her very creative use of C-SPAN video clips are Presidents Jimmy Carter, Ronald Reagan, and Joe Biden, economist Paul Volcker, and Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell. Let's listen to a portion of her documentary. The 70s is the time that we thought we had the tools to keep things in check. We thought we had the tools that were appropriate so that we wouldn't get high levels of inflation, so that our growth would go up, and we were not proven wrong, but proven that we didn't know everything. This is the direct cause of the long lines which have made millions of you spend aggravating hours waiting for gasoline. In the early 80s, the big thing that happened, and Volcker, he basically said we need to raise interest rates so that people stop spending as much money, prices start coming down, and people stop expecting prices to rise. And that is effectively the tool that we use and we kind of adjust to say, well, when times are tough, let's lower interest rates so the economy speeds up. And when there's too much inflation, we raise them to make people spend less to pull that back. When the pandemic first hit in 2019, most of our economy was shut down. People bought less, traveled less, putting a pause on the economy, but also put us in a deflationary position as many prices and wages decreased. Now, months later, it seems like the U.S. is back on track. Restrictions are all but lifted across the country. People are buying and traveling again. But there is so much built-up demand, which can drive up prices as we see today. 
Well, I won't give away any spoilers about the ending of her documentary and what she ultimately concludes about inflation. I have to say that I admire how Teresa explored multiple perspectives and effectively wove in significant amounts of historical information in her film. As a former state and U.S. history teacher, she pulled my educator heartstrings by researching all the way back to the 1970s to help explore a public policy issue that she found was exacerbated through the coronavirus pandemic. I encourage you to watch through her prize-winning entry, Money Talks, at studentcam.org and find out what she concludes for yourself. Moving west to the Sooner State, we have our first prize winners in the High School Central Division with Sophia Smith and Jacob Shattuck from Jenks High School in Oklahoma, who won for their video, Unearthing the Options. Jacob and Sophia really wowed us with their look at the future of deaf care in the United States and the newly emerging concept of green burials. So obviously an unusual topic, but they approached the issue by outlining some of the environmental concerns of traditional burial methods before they went on to explore some of the alternatives. Let's listen to a part of their introduction to the topic. Before the FTC can regulate, it has to prove that the practices that it is deeming either deceptive or unfair are widespread in an industry. This clip is from 2002. Here, the Federal Trade Commission is discussing the criteria for changing the funeral rule. The funeral rule is federal law that applies to the funeral industry with the purpose of protecting some basic consumer rights. Essentially, the funeral rule requires the transparency of death care providers. However, it hasn't been revised since 1994. That changed this year when the FTC announced that the rule would be modernized for the first time in 28 years. A lot of experts believe, including myself, that the funeral rule is fairly toothless. The FTC files very few lawsuits against violators of the funeral rule. There were only six actions filed from 2000 to 2012. The FTC has requested public comment on issues relating to the funeral rule. One issue is whether or not the revised funeral rule should take into consideration new alternative disposition methods. Why is the FTC asking this question, and what are these new disposition methods? We spoke to six experts to find out, and it all starts with the American Civil War. The Civil War was when embalming was uh, initiated, but it didn't have anything to do with public health at all. It had to do with preserving the bodies to get them north because it was hot in the South. Dead bodies are not uniformly dangerous. In 2015, U.S. cemeteries buried 4.3 million gallons of embalming fluid in addition to the herbicides, pesticides, and fertilizers required to maintain cemetery landscaping. Additionally, many cemeteries require that bodies be buried in concrete burial vaults. Though they maximize land use, each vault produces 1,890 pounds of carbon dioxide during production and transportation. In 2019, 45.4% of people who died in the U.S. were buried. That's an estimated 2,410,031,760 pounds worth of greenhouse gas emissions. Jacob and Sophia are no strangers to winning in the competition, having placed in each of the last three years from their sophomore year through this year's entry as seniors. And for their documentary this year, they spoke with numerous experts, including a Creighton University Law School professor who has expertise in estate planning. They spoke to members of the National Funeral Alliance, the president of the Green Burial Council, an author, and others from the industry. So it really is a very well done piece on the unique topic. And for their efforts, Jacob and Sophia will win a $3,000 cash prize. So before Pam discusses our first prize winner in the middle school division, I would also like to quickly thank Jacob and Sophia's teacher advisor, Clifton Raphael, who for more than 15 years has had countless students from his classes at Jenks High School participate in student cam each year. Clifton's actually retiring at the end of the school year, but he does so as the winningest student cam teacher advisor in the history of the competition. So Clifton, if you're listening, we wish you good health and retirement, and we will miss you. 
Finally, our middle school division is judged on a national scale with students in grades six through eight competing for awards. And our first prize winner in that grade level division is Ben Curian, a student at Olentangy Liberty Middle School in Powell, Ohio. He tackled the tough topic of the opioid crisis, and right from the get-go, you could see the extensive research he did to learn about this issue, including the different kinds of drugs, how they interact with the brain and spinal cord, as well as related statistics. Interviews with a supervisor of the Rapid Response Emergency and Addiction Crisis Team in Columbus, Ohio, Division of Fire, as well as with a physician and an alcohol and drug services administrator with Columbus Public Health, offer insight into what they have experienced in their professions and how they can approach teaching individuals with addiction. The video also highlights the stigma associated with addiction, which can prevent individuals from seeking help. Ben effectively wove related C-SPAN video into his piece, which also has a high quality production value. He wraps up his documentary by offering his perspective on this issue. Let's listen. The concept of long-term addiction care and recovery as an ongoing process should be reflected in national and state level quality of care measures. Due to the complex nature of addiction, a coordinated effort involving diverse stakeholders in public health, education, law enforcement, research, and the healthcare system are pivotal in the fight against opioid addiction. Working closely with other policymakers and administrators, I advocate for strengthening the addiction workforce, policies that remove stigma and discrimination, and removing structural barriers that prevent equitable access and coverage to high-quality, comprehensive addiction care. Along with all the money and all the resources that we put into this fight against addiction, it is crucial that the stigma surrounding it must be eliminated for us to make any meaningful progress towards recovery. Otherwise, we stand to lose a generation. Ben will receive $3,000 for his win, and as a bonus, he'll receive an additional $500 for being voted the fan favorite, receiving over 8,000 of more than 21,000 votes that were cast by the public during a week-long period. So with that, we thank you once again for tuning into the C-SPAN in the Classroom podcast. As we're all former teachers ourselves, nothing brings us more joy than celebrating the successes of students, especially those who are our 2023 Student Camp Award recipients. Please keep an eye out this July when we plan to announce the 2024 Student Camp theme, as we sincerely hope that you and your students will consider participating this next year. And without giving away too much, the 2024 competition will be the 20th anniversary of Student Camp, and we have some big things planned for when we officially kick off the competition after Labor Day. Yeah, once again, a big thank you to all of the students and teachers who participated this year, and a congratulations again to all of the winners. For our listeners, as a reminder, you can view each of the 150 prize-winning videos on our website at studentcam.org. So we'll post links for each of the videos we discussed today, as well as a link to that site on our podcast page at cspan.org classroom. And again, if you'd like to connect with our team at any time, please email us at educate at cspan.org. Thank you for joining us this week. Please remember to like and follow our podcasts wherever you listen so you don't miss our next episode. Until then, thank you for joining us.